The first man up for the Montreal Expos will be second baseman Gary Sutherland, facing the left-hander, Ken Holtzman. And moving into the microphone right now for the play-by-play, Dave Van Horn. Okay, thank you, Russ. Gary Sutherland, Rusty stop, Bob Bailey. Holtzman winds, the left-hander deals, low and in to Gary, ball one. This game is underway at Wrigley Field in Chicago, 23 minutes late. Holtzman deals again. This one's down the pike, and a strike is called. One ball, one strike. Gary Sutherland batting 239. Right-hand hitter. Williams in left, Gamble in center, Hickman in right. Pitch is down low, ball two. Two balls and a strike to Gary. Staub in the number two spot, Bob Bailey in the number three spot. Kokolaboy batting in that cleanup spot against the left-hander. The 2-1 to Sutherland is low. Ball three, three and one. Bill Stolman still warming up the Expos starter down the right field line in the Expos bullpen. Boy, uh, we've hardly got 5,000 here at the ballpark today. Here's a 3-1. Cracked foul off to the right. Such a difference from our previous two trips when the Cubs were riding high in the Eastern Division of the National League. And now suddenly they're in deep water and a many feel about to go down for the third time. Here's the pitch. Crack to the left side. That's a bounced foul. That'll be strike two. A full count to Gary Sutherland. I remember uh, first two trips in here. Even the outfield bleachers were just jammed, especially left field with the bleacher bums. Here's a high fly ball to center field. Gamble backs up a few steps. Straight away, he's under it and has it. One away, Gary Sutherland retired on the fly ball to center. The batter will be Rusty Stop. Rusty's hitting 296, the club's leading hitter. Ron Fairley has a 296 average in the Montreal uniform, but for the year, Ron's batting 279. Rusty leads and hits with 157, runs with 85, home runs 28. He has 75 RBIs. Left-hand hitter. This has Hickman, straight away, deep right field. Pitches high and in. Ball one to Rusty. The center fielder, Oscar Gamble, is around into left center. They look for Staub to hit to the opposite field. Pitch to Rusty. Taken outside. Ball two. Two and nothing. On deck, Bob Bailey. You could count the bleacher bums today because of their yellow helmets out there. I guess maybe uh, not quite a dozen of them here. Here's a 2-0. This one's fouled onto the netting behind the plate. Two balls and a strike to Rusty Stop. The teams did not get to take batting practice, so Expos have gone about 48 hours without swinging a bat. The next pitch is low to Stop. Ball three. Three and one. Holtzman rocks into motion. The left-hander deals. Rusty takes it low. Ball four, and he walks for the 102nd time this year. Rusty stop on with a walk. One out. The batter, Bob Bailey. Bob hitting 267. Leads his tie for the league, uh, the club lead in triples. We'll get it out yet with five. He has 49 RBIs. Bob Bailey. 
Holtzman delivers. Bailey singles to right field. And it could be for extra bases. Staub is rounding second, headed for third. He's being waved home. Bob Bailey is going to round. He's going to head for third. Here comes the relay. Bob slides. He's safe. He tripled. He has the club lead with six. And Staub scores. One to nothing. Expos on a triple to the right field corner by Bob Bailey. Hey, he would have made it standing up, but Bob hesitated coming around second. Peanuts was a little busy getting Staub directed home. And Bob hesitated before taking a sign from Lowry as to what he should do. So he hesitated coming around second, made it tough to get to third, but he made it ahead of the relay by Beckert. So Bob Bailey drives in a run with the first hit of the game, a triple to the right field corner, and here is Coco LeBoy with one out and Bailey at third. And the Expos leading one to nothing. Holtzman deals. The fastball is outside. Ball one. One to nothing. So the Expos get off to a quick start against the Cub left-hander Ken Holtzman. The pitch. Across the knees and a strike called. One and one to Coco LeBoy. Coco batting 260. Leads the club in doubles with 27. Has 80 RBIs. That's good for the club lead. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. Hit high into the air. Shallow right field. Hickman coming in and under it. He puts the squeeze on it. Bailey tests Hickman's arm to draw the throw, but he'll hold it third base. Coco LeBoy ran that out. Coco was all the way down to second base when Hickman caught that pop-up to shallow right field. So now there's two outs. It's up to Jose Herrera. Jose is batting 308 in 43 games. He has 117 at-bats and 36 hits. Five doubles, two home runs, 12 RBIs, and a big chance for an RBI right here. Jose was probably getting a little worried in the in the dugout as to whether he'd come to bat. A big hit by LaBoy if uh, DeRocher had made a change while he had gone to a right-hander. Jose wouldn't have gotten to play today. But it's one nothing Expos. Herrera at the plate. Takes a fastball, it's a strike. 0-1. We keep joking about that because it happened to Herrera in Philadelphia and he was very upset. The Expos started uh, knocked Philly starter Woody Fryman out before Jose got to come to the plate in the first inning. Here's the pitch cut on and a bouncer to the left side. 0-2 to Jose Herrera. Two down, Bailey at third base. Scoreboard shows one out. The Cubs fans are getting all upset about that. Holtzman has the side from Randy Hundley. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Herrera takes it high and away. Ball one. One ball and two strikes. Bob Bailey tripled after Rusty Staub walked, and the Expos lead one to nothing. Here's the 1-2. Herrera takes this one outside, and the count is now even at two balls and two strikes. Billy Williams in left. Oscar Gamble, the center fielder, way around in left center for Herrera. The left side of the infield plays back. Sato behind the bag at third, and Popovich, the shortstop, a couple of steps off the grass. Here's a breaking ball, a little high. That's ball three, and we now have a full count to Jose Herrera. Three balls, two strikes. If Jose gets on... 
then Holtzman is going to have to pitch to Ron Fairley. So Herrera's got to show a good eye here. Here's the pitch, and it's down low in the dirt. Herrera started to go after it, checked his swing, and he's on with a walk. Second walk given up by Holtzman. Ron Fairley, the batter. Ron is hitting 296. 279 for the year, including his Los Angeles Dodger totals. Now, they're going to hold the runner. They want to keep Herrera at first base, so Banks will hold the runner. Runners are at first and third with two down, and Ron Fairley at the plate. These are situations Ron loves. Likes to get up there with men on. He's an aggressive batter. He's going to swing that bat for you. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball away from him. Way outside. Ball one. Holtzman was a little upset with the call, and so was Randy Hundley. They both had something to say to Ken Burkhardt, the plate umpire. Burkhardt behind the plate. Sudol at first. Wire at second. Wendelstadt at third. Herrera leading from first base, Bob Bailey from third. Top of the first here, the pitch. And it hit the outside corner. Strike call on Rod. Count is even one and one. The Expos lead one to nothing. Herrera again stepping off first. Holtzman looks, the pitch. Low and away to Ron Fairley. Ball two. Two balls and one strike. This is one guy Holtzman not too anxious to get behind on. Fairly being such a good hitter, if Holtzman gets in a spot where he's got to put that ball across the plate, he's in trouble. He's behind right now, two and one. The pitch is cut on. This one is hit high into the air down the left field line. Going back is Santo in fair territory. Under it, he's got it. Ron Fairley pops up to Ron Santo. So that's it for the Expos. A run on one hit. No errors. There were two left. And the score, the Expos won. And the Cubs coming to bat. No other games in Major League Baseball this afternoon. Here's the schedule for tonight. The St. Louis Cardinals will play the Mets at Chase Stadium in New York. Bob Gibson will pitch for St. Louis. And Jim McAndrew for the Mets. The magic number for New York is three. Any combination of victories or cup losses amounting to three will assure the Mets the Eastern Division title in the National League. Philadelphia will be in Pittsburgh sending Grant Jackson, the left-hander, against another left-hander, veteran Bob Veal. The Dodgers will play at Cincinnati, and that's a doubleheader. Austin and Foster will pitch for the Dodgers, Arrigo and Fisher for Cincinnati. The Giants will be at San Diego sending Mike McCormick against Clay Kirby, and Atlanta will play at Houston. Atlanta sending... A Stone, George Stone, 12 and 9 in the year, against uh, Jim Ray of Houston, who is 7 and 2, and that's a mighty important ball game uh, since Atlanta's only half a game behind the Giants. Here at Wrigley Field in Chicago, the Expos got a run on a walk to Rusty Staub and a triple, an opposite field triple by Bob Bailey down the right field line, bringing Staub all the way in from first base. For Bob Bailey, his sixth triple of the year. And he leads the Expos in that department. One to nothing for Montreal, and we'll get our first look at the Chicago Cub lineup, leading off with rookie Oscar Gamble. 
Oscar Gamble, this fine young ball player, is got. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. Gamble is hitting 259 in 19 games. He has 14 hits and 54 at-bats in the big leagues. One double, one triple, one home run. And for that double, triple, and home run, he's got four RBIs. <laughs> and he's scored six runs. Oscar Gamble, left-hand batter. Then Beckert, and then Williams. Expos leading one nothing. Here's Stoney's windup and the pitch. Breaking ball is inside. Ball one. One and nothing to Gamble. Bob Bailey in left field. Jose Herrera is in center. Rusty Staub in right, of course. Here's Stoney's windup. The one zero. Missed the outside corner. Ball two, two and nothing. Coco Lavoy at third. Bobby Wine at short. Gary Sutherland at second. Ron Fairley at first. And John Bateman behind the plate. Stolman's wind up on the 2-0 pitch. Gamble looks at a strike. Two and one. Bill Stolman in his 35th start of the year. He's won 10 and lost 18. Has a 4.52 ERA. The right-hander delivers, and it's outside, ball three. He's gotten behind on Gamble now, three and one. The Cubs have 189 and lost 66. Five games behind the Mets who have 194 and lost 61. Here's the pitch, it's down low, ball four. So Gamble is on with a walk. And the batter will be Glenn Beckers. So we'll see what the Cubs do here with Gamble at first, with good speed. The infield will be a double play depth. Try to get in and be able to get that man at second. Beckert, right-hand batter, hitting 294. Here's the pitch. And a slider taken for the strike. 0-1. Beckert will put that ball in play. He'll hit it on the ground or... Hit it to the outfield. He'll do something with it. He very seldom will he strike out. He's the toughest man in the National League to strike out. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Cut on. Bounder to the left side. Wine has it. Flips to Sutherland for one. Back to first. Double play. Two down. Nobody on. Well, Bill Stolman got exactly what he wanted. A ground ball to the left side from Glenn Becker. That double play... We'll bring Billy Williams to the plate with nobody on. Williams, left-hand hitter, club's leading hitter, batting 295, has played in all 156 games. Has 182 hits, the pitch. is low, ball one. 290 total bases, he leads in those latter departments. Ten triples for the club lead there. Billy Williams. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Bounced out in front of the plate. Ball two. Two balls, no strikes. 
Tony is ready. The 2-0 pitch to Williams. Swung on and missed. Strike one. Two balls and one strike. The pitch. Williams takes it. Across the letters, a strike. The count is even. Williams may be a little tired here late in the season. Played in every game. I know he's switched bats now. He's using a big bat. He's down to a much lighter bat. He's given up about four or five ounces. Swing and a foul tip hung onto by John Bateman. That's it for Billy Williams. A strikeout here for Bill Stoneman. And the Cubs are down one, two, three. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. A big double play. Wine to Sutherland to Bailey. Uh, to Fairley, rather. And now at the end of one inning, the score, the Montreal Expos won the Chicago Cubs nothing. Fans, make sure that you're at Jerry Park this weekend to see the Expos wind up their 1969 homestand against the St. Louis Cardinals, the club they opened up with back on April 14th at Jerry Park. Now, Sunday will be Fan Appreciation Day. A lot of prizes will be given away, especially to those lucky fans who caught uh, balls during the catch-a-ball contest. Over the past couple of weeks, they were presented with uh, vouchers on which they marked their names, and these vouchers, of course, will return to a barrel. They'll be pulling out all the lucky names uh, Sunday afternoon. Should be loads of fun at Jerry Park, and it'll bring back loads of memories, too. A lot of fans I know who will go to Sunday's game or any of those weekend games will be recalling some of the great thrills the Expos have uh, provided them with down uh, through the months of the 1969 season. I know we saw a lot of big plays at Jerry Park. That opener, April 14th, of course, is an opener we'll never forget. A lot of activity at Jerry Park. Triple plays, home runs, loads of thrills. The fans, be at Jerry Park this weekend to wave out the 1969 National League season as the Expos meet the St. Louis Cardinals. The bottom third of the Expos order here in the top of the second, John Bateman, Bobby Wine, and Bill Stolman. Ken Holtzman, Chicago left-hander, uncorks a wild pitch back to the screen. Ball one. Holtzman was high and way outside. He's got the sign from Hundley. Steps back, here's the pitch. Fastballs cracked foul over against the brick wall of the right in front of the box seats. One ball, one strike. Can't get over the difference in atmosphere, Russ, uh, this time in and the first two times in. It's really something. Here's another swing and a foul back to the screen. One and two, Holtzman out in front. Quite a marked contrast. I'll tell you from the first two visits, and certainly our last visit, when the crowd was just going absolutely mad, over their Chicago Cubs. Now, this hasn't happened in Montreal, of course. The fans have stuck right with the Expo. The next pitch hit the inside corner, and John Bateman is called out on strikes, and he registers a little protest with Ken Burkhardt. Bobby Wine will be the batter. That's the first strikeout for Holtzman. Holtzman for the year now has 167 strikeouts in 246 and one-third innings. Bobby Wine batting 204, right-hand hitter. Pitch is high and outside, ball one. Bobby has never been big hitter. 
His Major League lifetime average is 216. Here's the 1-0. Wine takes a strike on a fastball. 1-1. One and one. 1964, he was the Golden Club shortstop in the National League. Had a great year in 67. Was the uh, top fielding shortstop. Had 12 errors and something like 926 chances. Here's the 2-1 to Bobby. Cracked foul high into the air. This will go into the upper deck here at Wrigley Field. Two balls and two strikes. And although he has twice that many errors, a little over twice that many errors this year, I know that uh, many of them came when he first started playing regularly again. Here's the 2-2 to Bobby. Swung on and looped foul out of play way down at the right. It'll go into the empty seats. Still 2-2. Two and two. And we have seen Bobby Wine make plays this year that no other shortstop in the league has made. At least that we've seen. He's made some dandies. Here's the 2-2. And it's low and away. Ball three. Full count to Bobby. And uh, I think the plaudits are deserved because uh, what you have to take into consideration. Here's a 3-2 to wind. Foul back again. Bobby's not the youngest shortstop in the league. He's 31 years old. He missed all of last year after that very serious back operation and made quite a comeback this year. Here's a 3-2 again to Bobby. High and inside, he's drawn the walk. He is on. Bobby Wine draws a walk. With one out, and the batter will be Bill Stoneman, the Expos pitcher. Stoney coming up there with his sawed-off shotgun to try to do something against Ken Holtzman. Tony has four hits and 69 trips to the plate and a couple of beautiful bunts. I remember one game in particular where his bat won a ball game for him. Here's the pitch. It's bunted. Back toward the mound. Holtzman up with it. Can't go to second. He has to go to first. Wines in scoring position. The sacrifice works. One to four if you're scoring by numbers. Holtzman to the second baseman Becker covering at first. Bobby Wine moves in. To second base on the sacrifice, and the batter will be Gary Sutherland. That game that Stoney won with his bat was when he bunted with two outs and two strikes to get on on a hit, on an infield hit, bunting against Steve Carlton. Then Rusty Staub hit a three-run homer, and Stoney won the ball game, three to nothing. Gary Sutherland, second time around, flied to center the first time up. Holtzman's first offering is down low, ball one. Gary's got his infield partner, Bobby Wine, scoring position at second. Holtzman at the belt, and the pitch. Cut on. This is a base hit to right field. Wine is coming around third. He's going to try to score. Here comes the throw. It's going to be close. He slides, and he's in there safely. Bobby Wine scores on Gary Sutherland's RBI to right field, and Bobby was picking him up and putting him down because that was a fine throw by Hickman. Right to Randy Hundley, and Bobby came in and beat the throw sliding across the plate. And you can see the importance of Bill Stoneman's perfect bunt there, the sacrifice bunt. 
sending Bobby Wine into scoring position at second base, and Gary Sutherland delivered the goods with a solid single to right field to the opposite field, bringing Wine in, and Wine came in with a beautiful slide at home plate. Two-nothing Expos, top of the second, two outs. Gary Sutherland at first, and here's Rusty Stop. Two runs on two hits. Holtzman deals, Stop takes it under the elbows inside. Ball one. Rusty kind of pulling away from that one. Raised his arms, let that ball go under. One and oh. The runner leads. Holtzman getting the sign now from Hundley. He's going to pitch to stop, and it's taken a strike. One ball, one strike. Sutherland takes his lead, the 1-1. And it's down low, ball two, two and one. A hit by Gary Sutherland had to be gratifying, too. That's what Gary wants to do. He wants to get that base hit to the right side to move runners around and to drive them in, hit those long doubles to the power alleys. Here's a 2-1. Ball is hit well to right field. Jim Hickman going back to the track. He's at the fence. He can't get it. It's a home run for Rusty Staub, a two-run homer, and the Expos lead four to nothing. Staub just got it into the bleachers in right center, 370 feet away. He hit it about 380-385. For Rusty Staub, home run number 29, and RBI's 76 and 77. And the big guy ripped one out of here with Gary Sutherland on base. What a year Rusty's having. Here's the pitch to Bob Bailey, who tripled to right and drove in a run in the first inning. It's high and in ball one. Stops 29. This one hits the outside corner, and it's one and one to Bob Bailey. For Rusty Stop, that is his first home run of the year here at Chicago. His first against Cubs pitching. Ball two. Two balls and one strike to Bob Bailey. The pitch. Cut on. Fouled back to the right. Up the screen. Two balls, two strikes. Two outs. Nobody on. Following stops. Two run homer. Oh, boy. The roof fell in here on Holtzman with two outs. Three runs are in, and the Expos lead 4-0. Bob takes a strike, and he knew it. He was called out on strikes. That is strikeout number two for Ken Holtzman, but here in the second, the Expos score three runs on two hits. The big hits, Sutherland's RBI single to score wine and stops two-run homer. No errors. Nobody was left at the end of one and a half. It's the Expos for the Cubs nothing. Well, Rusty Staub is closing in on the 30-home run mark. One more, and he reaches the 30 mark, and quite a marked contrast for Rusty Staub as compared to his previous years in the, the National League while with the Houston Astros. Rusty, of course, was a line drive hitter then, hit the odd home run. But this year, of course, he lengthened his swing and was hitting for the fences, especially at Charity Park at Montreal. But Rusty has built some pretty long home runs in other parks in the National League. 
I think uh, one of the longest we saw him hit was at Philadelphia, another one at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. So Rusty going for the distance, and of course baseball fans everywhere love the home run, and the fans at Charity Park are just thrilled by it. And that's why you can see every time Rusty Staub uh, steps up to play to Jerry Park in Montreal, the crowd makes a lot of noise. And they give an ovation every time he steps up. He doesn't always hit the ball, but it's not too often when Rusty Staub does not get a piece of that pitch from the mound opponent. So Rusty Staub's uh, 29th home run of the year has upped his RBI total to 77 for the year. Three more, and he'll reach 80 RBIs. One more, and he'll have 30 home runs. Bottom of the second. Expos lead 4-0 here at Wrigley Field in Chicago. We'll be here again tomorrow, same time. Single game to wind up play with the Chicago Cubs for 1969. Here is Jim Hickman. He'll be followed by Ernie Banks and Ron Santo. Boy, I can hear the people in upstate New York, the Mets fans up there that are regular listeners to the Expos Network, just jumping for joy. There's a strike called on Jim Hickman, right-hand hitter. Batting 238. The 0-1 pitch, down low. One ball, one strike. Right-hander Bill Stoneman on the mound for the Expos. Former Chicago Cub was a reliever here for Leo DeRocher. Here's the 1-1. Cut on, hit high into the air. Shallow right field coming in is Staub. Going back, Sutherland. Staub's going to make the catch. He's got it. One away. And the batter will be Ernie Banks. Banks hitting 250. They say that Ernie may be hanging him up at the end of the season. There are reports that he'll retire as an active player at the end of this year. It's not something Banks would confirm or deny now, particularly in view of the Cubs skid into second place in the East. Here's the pitch. Fouled back. 0-1 to the right-hand hitter, Ernie Banks. But I have a feeling that, uh, as they say here in Chicago, Banks' decision to retire at the end of this season was made quite some time ago and uh, long before the Cubs collapse in the East. But after the final game of the season, October 2nd, it's a good bet that Banks will retire as an active player. He's going to be 39 next January, and it's a little bit too much to expect he's going to come back. He takes a strike. The count is one ball, two strikes to Ernie Banks. Here's the one-two pitch. Swung on and missed strike three, and Ernie Banks is out. Striking out for the 92nd time this year. Two down, nobody on, the batter, Ron Santo. The Expos are leading 4-0 here at Wrigley Field. We're in the bottom of the second. The Cubs at bat, two outs, nobody on. Santo, right-hand batter. Stoneman on the mound, ready to go to work. Santos hitting 291. The pitch. And it's taken low. Ball one. 
Ron Sato continues to lead the National League RBI race with 120 every time he drives in another one. It's a new career high for him. His previous high for one year was in 64 when he drove in 114. Swing and a miss. Strike one. One ball, one strike. To the Cubs' third baseman. And a great one. Ron Sato. Stolman even on the count at one and one. The outfield's deep and around to the left for Sato. Here's the one-one. Taken way outside. Ball two. Sato has hit the ball out of this and various other National League parks 28 times this year. The 2-1 pitch. Check swing, it's outside, ball three. Three and one. No Stoney's behind here. If Sato gets on, Paul Popovich will be the batter. Well, the... Here's the 3-1 pitch. It's cut on and popped up right side near the Expos dugout, barely over there, but I don't believe he can reach in and get it. He can. It's about three rows back in the box seats. And three and two to Ron Sato. The Expos hang on here, leading four nothing here. Of course, it's early in the game. Anything can happen. Then there would be a great deal of joy in New York because a Mets victory tonight then would at least clinch a tie for the New York Mets and it would cut their magic number to one. That is the combination of a Cub loss here and a Met victory at Shea Stadium tonight. Would put the Mets' magic number at one. Here's the pitch. Sato swings and fouls it upstairs to the right. Still three and two to Ron Sato with two outs and no one on. Cubs have got seven games remaining. Two with us here and Two with New York here. Here's a ground ball to the left side. Wine going to his left has got it. Throws the first to get Sato. Fine play by Bobby Wine. Went practically behind the bag at second. So Sato is out of there on the ground out to Wine. The side is down. One, two, three, nothing across. And at the end of two, the score, the Montreal Expos. Four, the Chicago Cubs, nothing. Fans, remember Al John Frito's great catch on that uh, ball hit by Jolene Joe DiMaggio? In a series gone by, Al John Frito's catch. Remember Don Larson's perfect game in the 1956 World Series? But all these thrills, including Cookie Lavagetto's double, a rune on no-hit bid by Bevins back in the 1947 World Series, all these thrills have been recorded on serial record and are available to baseball fans everywhere. This record was turned out to commemorate baseball's 100th anniversary. For a copy of this baseball centennial album, here's all you have to do. Send $3 in U.S. funds or $3.25 Canadian funds, check or money order, to Montreal Expo's baseball centennial album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. That's Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Dogo LaVoy will be the first man up for the Expos as we go to the top half of the third inning. Expos leading this game 4 to nothing. Here's Dave. Coco, slide out to right in the first inning. Holtzman deals. 
fouled at the plate. Strike one. Ken Holtzman on the mound for the Cubs. The Expos scored a run in the first inning when Staub walked with one out and Bailey tripled to the right field corner and drove Rusty in. And then Gary Sutherland drove in a run in the second after Bobby Wine walked. Here's a bounder. Santo off his glove. Up with it. Still has time. Throws just in time. Boy, there's Mr. Sato at third base with a big recovery and a throw to first to get Coco LaVoy. Got him by a half a step. One out, nobody on. The batter, Jose Herrera, right-hand hitter. Bobby Wine had walked in the second. Gary Sutherland drove him in after Stoney sacrificed him to second. Then Staub hit a two-run homer to right. Expos leading 4-0. Herrera, late... Let's the first one go low, ball one. One and nothing. Holtzman delivers, fastball across the knees, and that's a strike. One ball and one strike. The Expos right back. Jerry Park, Friday night, the St. Louis Cardinals. Saturday afternoon with the Cardinals and Sunday with the Cardinals. Final home stand of the year. The 1-1 swung on and missed. Strike two. Holtzman in front. One ball and two strikes. And your last chance to see the Expos in action at Jerry Park for 1969. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Swung on. This one's hit high into the air. Left field. Williams coming in a few steps. He's got it. Herrera flies out to left field. And there are two outs. Williams in left Gamble in center Hickman in right and Baran fairly they're going to they started to move a few steps around to the right now Gamble is readjusting he stayed a few steps to left center the first pitch to Ron is low and inside ball one Ron popped up to Santo in the first inning 0 for 1 Holtzman delivers. Breaking ball is low. Two and nothing. So this uh, is going to be a big weekend in Montreal with the St. Louis Cardinals in the team that started it all off with us at Jerry Park. Here's a high fly ball deep to right field. Hickman going back. He looks. It's out of here. A home run for Ron Fairley. Fairly with the Expo's second home run of the day. Ron's 11th, uh, rather 12th of the year at his 39th RBI. 12th for Ron Fairly, and he yanked that one out of here to right field straight away, and that ball was hit well. That ball was hit a little bit farther than Rusty's. With two outs, a home run to Ron Fairly. And the Expos lead five to nothing. That's the fourth hit of Holtzman. Two of them home runs, one a triple. He's been hit hard. John Bateman, the batter, takes one outside, ball one. He was called out on strikes in the second. Holtzman deals again, and Bateman bounces it foul off to the left, went in the end of the Chicago dugout. One ball, one strike. 
What do you think it's like in the Chicago dugout these days, Russ? I hate to think of it. It must be awfully quiet. Pitch is low to John Bateman. Ball two. Two and one to Big John. John's lifted his average to 2.15. Here's the 2-1. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Two balls, two strikes. He's had some big hits for the Expos and been working very hard at trying to make up for lost time here in the last week or ten days. The 2-2 to John Bateman. Check swing, and he said he went around. Burkhart's called him out, and that's the second time Bateman's going to get in an argument now with the plate umpire Ken Burkhardt about that. John goes down swinging, and while they're arguing, we'll tell you that the Expos got one run on one hit. No errors, nobody left. At the end of two and a half, the Expos five, the Cubs nothing. Well, for late tuners in, here's what happened. The Expos showing tremendous power here in the ballgame so far. They took a one to nothing lead in the first inning. Rusty Staub had a walk with one out, and Bob Bailey delivered an opposite field triple down the right field line, scoring Rusty Staub to make it one to nothing in for Montreal. Then in the uh, second inning, the Expos came across with three runs. Bateman was called out on strikes, and Bobby Wine walked. He was sacrificed a second by Bill Stoneman and scored in a single by Gary Sutherland, two to nothing Montreal. With uh, Sutherland on, Rusty Staub hit one over the right center field wall some 370 feet away, and that made the score 4 to nothing for Montreal, Rusty's 29th home run of the year. Then in the third inning, the top half of the third inning with two out, Ron Fairley hit one over the right field wall, his 12th home run of the year, and the Expos found themselves in a 5 to nothing lead over the Chicago Cubs. Great show of power by the Montreal Expos here at Wrigley Field this afternoon. Expos have always been successful against the Chicago Cubs, both at home and away. They have won their fair share of ball games. The Cubs have won nine. Expos have won seven. And, of course, the Expo would love uh, so dearly to take this two-game series and even things up at nine and nine for the season. In the bottom of the third, we've got the bottom third of the Cubs order. Paul Popovich, Randy Hundley, and Ken Holtzman all coming up for the first time. Five-nothing Expos. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District. WHRL in Albany, New York. Popovich, a left-hand batter, hitting 283. Coleman delivers, and a strike called. 0 and 1. The outfield is pretty much straight away for Popovich. Stoney delivers, the 0-1 pitch is cut on. This one is a liner right to Bobby Wine, and Popovich is out of there. Soft liner. One down, two to go. Here's Randy Hundley, the Cubs catcher. Hundley is batting 264. He's got 133 hits, 15 doubles, a triple, 18 home runs, and 64 RBIs. Randy Hundley. 
Stands in the back of the box. His right foot way behind the plate. His left foot about even with the middle of the plate. Here's the pitch. Cut on. Bounce to the left side. Bobby Wine has got it. The throw in time. Hundley is out. Two away. So we'll see who's coming up here. It's going to be Jimmy Hall, pinch hitter for the Chicago Cubs. So Holtzman is out, and Jimmy Hall will be the pinch hitter for Ken Holtzman. And and uh, down in the Cubs bullpen, right-hander throwing down there, and can't tell from here uh, who it is. Maybe we get a an idea. In a moment for you. Hall is a left-hand batter. Has good power. Might be Joe Decker. I think it is. It's got to be. I'm sure it is. It's Joe Decker. Right-hander. Stoney's first pitch. Taken for a strike by Jimmy Hall. Hall is batting 222. Back about... uh, 62, 63, forgotten the year. Next pitch is high, ball one. Hall was struck by a pitch. Hurt very badly. And I believe he was the first pitcher in the American League to wear the protective ear flap. Uh, the first batter in the American League to wear that protective ear flap. He looks for the strike on the inside corner. One ball, two strikes. Two outs, there's nobody on. Expos leading 5 nothing. The pitch swung on and fouled back upstairs. Still 1-2 and two to Jimmy Hall. He was obtained by the Cubs and the New York Yankees. The Cubs were looking for some help in the outfield. Stoney with a 1-2 pitch. Taken low for ball two. Two balls and two strikes. Steve Ranko will be pitching here tomorrow. Rookie right-hander on the mound for the Expos. Rookie right-hander on the mound for the Expos. We'll wrap things up with the Cubs. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Swung on and foul tipped at the plate down into the dirt. John Bateman tried to get a bare hand on that ball to hang on to it. Stung his hand a little bit. Two and two, the count. Cubs have drawn 1,649,612 fans here at Wrigley Field this year. That does not count the uh, today's attendance. Here's a two-two. Strike called, and that's it for Jimmy Hall. He's caught looking. Third strikeout for Bill Stoneman. And the Cubs are down one, two, three in the third. Nothing across. At the end of three here at Wrigley Field, Expos five, and the Cubs nothing. I'd like to remind you once again that purchasing your tickets through the TRS system, the ticket reservation system, is the quickest, most convenient way for reserving your tickets for this weekend finale between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Montreal Expos. You know, in the old days, and I say the old days, that's not too long ago, 
the old days of baseball and a lot of sporting events, of course, you had to stand in line at the box office. Uh, sometimes, if there's a great demand for tickets, you'd stand there for hours waiting for an opportunity to get your tickets for the sporting event. But not so with the TRS system. It's a computerized, jet-age way of selling tickets to sporting events, and it's used by the Montreal Expos and by other Major League sporting clubs. Other Major League ball clubs are using the TRS system. You know that through this computer computerized system, all you do is put your money down and, and uh, put, uh, make known the price, the range you desire, and they'll punch the ticket out for you, and you've got nothing else to worry about. Joe Decker comes on now for the Chicago Cubs to take over for Ken Holtzman, who went the first three innings giving up five runs on four hits. Holtzman struck out three. He walked three. Gave up an extra base hit to Bob Bailey in the first inning that drove in a run. That was a triple. Gave up a two-run homer to Rusty Staub in the second and a solo home run to Ron Fairley in the third. So Holtzman is through, and we got a right-hander in there, Joe Decker. He has no decisions and an ERA of three. He's worked six innings for the year. He was uh, with Tacoma, the winners of the Pacific Coast Lake title, and then brought up... Uh, to the big league club where he's now making his first relief appearance. He started one ball game and went six innings in that one, giving up two earned runs. And that's all he's worked. So here is right-hander Joe Decker to face Bobby Wine. The Expos are leading this ball game five to nothing. The Cubs have nothing to show on the scoreboard. And coming in to tell you about the action, Russ Taylor. Thanks very much, Dave. Bobby Wine, first man up for the Expos, top half of the fourth inning. Bobby fouls the first pitch off, up onto the screen for strike one. On one, the count on Bobby Wine. Joe Zecker, the right-hander. That cup defense has Ernie Banks at first base, Ben Beckert at second, Ron Santo at third, Paul Popovich at short. Strike swinging, 0-2 the count. Bobby Wine went after a high outside fastball. And failed to make contact. Wine walked in the second, was sacrificed to second base by Bill Stellman and scored in the single by Gary Sutherland. The pitch is low to Bobby Wine. The count is one and two. And as we've mentioned several times this afternoon, not a very big crowd here at Wrigley Field for today's game. One and two the count. Here's the next one. High and inside for ball two. 2-2. Expos have come up with a couple of home runs this afternoon. Rusty Staub and Ron Fairley. Rusty is 29th of the year. Ron is 12. Wine hits one uh, through the box. Fine play by Popovich at short. Throw to first. Not in time. Rusty beats it out. Or rather, Bobby Wine beats it out. We'll see if they score that as a hit. It is a base hit. Wine hit it right through the box. Uh, Joe Decker fell on the seat of his pants trying to feel it. Popovich went back of the bag at second, really deep. Scooped it up, but uh, even so, not in time to get the slow-moving Bobby Wine. Bobby does not have great speed on the base pass. Anyone who has seen him at Jerry Park, I'm sure will concur. And he beat it out for a hit. He hit it solidly right through the box. Stoneman attempts another sacrifice, falls it off the right side. 
Donnie and uh, Bobby Wine combined with Gary Sutherland for that expo run in the second inning. When Stallman laid down a perfect sacrifice bunt to put Wine in scoring position, and he came in on Sutherland's single to right field. All on on Bill Stallman. Here's the bunt again. It's high. He doesn't go for it. For ball one. 355 feet down the left field line. 353 feet down the right field line. Good distances, but here at Wrigley Field in Chicago, the ball carries well. See a lot of home runs at Wrigley Field, despite the high wall and the long distances. The 1-1 is bunted high and out of play into the seat. Don't him out of himself on that one. It was a high one, high and outside, and he reached for it and popped it foul. One ball and two strikes on Bill Stoneman. They will go to the top of the order with Gary Sutherland. Five to nothing for the Expos over the Cubs in the top of the fourth. Joe Decker delivers. Stoney looks, takes a call strike. And he's out of there. So Decker gets a strikeout. Ken Holton had struck out three in the three innings he worked. Here's Gary Sullivan. Gary flied out to center fielder Oscar Gamble, leading off the ball game in the first inning, then single in that run in the second. Gary hitting 239, going into tonight to this afternoon's ball game. He takes a call strike. One and all. Russ Taylor along with Dave Van Horn, and we certainly hope that all you fans, wherever you are, at work, in your offices, in your cars, out in the farm, up in the hills, you're enjoying the broadcast. It's down low for ball one. And we'd like to say hello to all the shut-ins, whether at home or in the hospitals in Canada and the United States. Hi to everybody. The 1-1 has popped into the air, foul out of play, into the seat. Counts one and two on Gary Sutherland. The Expos and the Cubs will go out of the game tomorrow afternoon here at Wrigley Field, and then the Expos will arrive home at 9.35 tomorrow night. Here's the one-two to Sutherland. Hit on the ground. Foul. Past third base. Out towards the Chicago bullpen to our left. Crowd is down. Uh, I guess down in every way that you could possibly use the word. Not down on their knees, but they're certainly downcast. The way this ball club has collapsed over the past couple of weeks. And it's down today because of the rain and attendance. The pitch to Sutherland is fouled against the screen. Count stays at one ball and two strikes. Cubs, as Dave pointed out a few minutes ago, drawn 1,600,000 fans. But over the past uh, 10 to 14 days, attendance has not been up. The 1-2 to Sutherland is inside for ball two. Outfield is not too deep on Gary Sutherland. That's Jim Hickman in right, Oscar Gamble in center, and Billy Williams in left. 
Here's a 2-2 from Decker. Line drive left field. Base hit. Wine will hold up at second base. Ball fielded by Billy Williams. Fires it into second baseman Glenn Beckert, but Wine held close to the bag. Sutherland has his second hit of the afternoon. And here comes Rusty. Sutherland single into left center field. That puts Wine on second with one out. Sutherland on first and Rusty stops. Rusty walked in the first and hit his 29th home run of the season over the right center field wall into the bleacher seats in the second inning with Sutherland aboard. Rusty aiming for at least 30 home runs and 80 runs batted in. Needs one more for the 80 mark, uh, for the 30 mark in home runs. And in runs batted in, he needs three more to reach 80. And of course, Le Grand Orange will not stop at that. Here's Decker's first pitch. It's on the outside corner for a call strike. Rusty was taking. He looked back to Ken Burkhart, played umpire. That's Sudol's the ump at first. Lee Wire at second, and Harry Wendelstead at third. Decker checks his runners, delivers the 0 1 to Rusty. Inside for ball one. One ball and one strike. The president of the Montreal Expos. Is here in Chicago. Flew in with us last night. Mr. John McHale. Decker looks down to Randy Hundley. Gets his side. Checks his man at second base. Checks him again. Now delivers the one and one. Outside for ball two. Dave, any indication whether Jose Herrera will get the treatment with the right-hander Joe Decker in there? Now? I was thinking about that and was looking closely at the dugout, but uh, I don't think there would be any change made. Uh, I thought that maybe Mac Jones might come out to hit him Bob's spot, but he didn't make a change for Bob Bailey, and uh, my guess is that he won't for Jose Herrera. Pitch is low to Rusty Staub, ball three. Here's the 3-1. Inside, Rusty's on with a walk. The bases are loaded. For Rusty Starr, that marks the 103rd time he's been given a free passage to first base. Sutherland moves down to second and winds on third. With one out, bases loaded, Bob Bailey moves in. In the last time the Expos visited Wrigley Field in Chicago, Big Bob hit a couple of home runs over that left field wall. The first pitch to Bailey is taken low and outside for ball one. After Bailey, it'll be Coco LaBoy. Base is loaded. One and the count on Bob Bailey. Bob's had a triple this afternoon. This one's hit on the ground. Over second base, out in the center field. Bobby Wine comes in to score. Here comes Gary Solon. And the Expos lead the ball game 7 to nothing. That was a high-bouncing ball by Bob Bailey over the bag at second base. 
Popovich seemed to make a move for it and then just stopped, seemed to be confused ever so slightly. Maybe he thought Beckert was going for it. That could have been. Anyway, it's a base hit for Bob Bailey, and it's a 7 to nothing ball game for the Montreal Expos. Early in the year, that had been a sure double play. But that's the way things go. Uh, when everything, when you're winning, as the Cubs were up until two weeks ago, why, uh, or, or two and a half weeks ago, everything goes your way. Those bounces all go in your favor. Uh, there have been no guesswork between Popovich and Beckert. Uh, you'd have had Kessinger most likely uh, in there. Not that this was Popovich's fault, but earlier in the season, Kessinger was playing every game. Uh, he would have turned that ball into a double play, and uh, Deckard been out of the inning. But uh, now they're down. They're losing. Every break goes against you. And uh, this was typical of the type break that goes against you, a ball that's got uh, good double play possibility, bouncing around second base, and the shortstop and second baseman sort of look at each other and say, after you, and the ball's through for a base hit, and two more runs are in, and the game's almost out of sight. So they're the kind of things that have happened to the Cubs and of course the teams that have been playing Chicago have not had the pressure on them uh, because Chicago's been in front for so long and just like our Expos coming in here uh, we have nowhere to go but up and nothing to lose we're loose Uh, we've been where the action is for the past couple of weeks and uh, we come into a ball game like this and uh, our our players enjoy playing Uh, you know there's one thing that I've noticed about our ball players and Russ, I'm sure that if you think about it, uh, you would agree. Nobody's saying, "Boy, am I glad this season is over." Am I looking forward to going home? Not that they aren't; they're looking forward to going home and and, and getting that rest. But nobody's complaining about the season. Uh, uh, nobody has any complaints. And our club is loose and easy and enjoying playing the games that we've that we've been playing in because we're playing good ball. We've been in every game, and of course, here in the month of September, we're winning a lot of ball games. So, it's, it's just uh, uh, such a contrast in attitudes down on the field, our club and the Cubs. Very true, Dave, and I could uh, sympathize, of course, with the Chicago Cub players, fellows sitting on the bench, and uh, just to see that lead just peter away as it did over the past couple of weeks, and not to be able to know it, uh, to to deal with it, to see it slipping out of their hands, that it slipped out of their hands. It must be awfully frustrating on some of these veteran ball players, fellow like Ron Santo, for instance, and Ernie Banks, guys who have really gone all out for the Cubs, Santo having one of his best years ever. Uh, we've got a new pitcher coming in, Jim Colburn coming in to pitch for the Cubs. That'll be all for Joe Decker. Decker worked one-third of an inning, gave up two runs on three hits. He struck out two, and he walked one. Jim Colburn... Has a record of one and nothing, one victory, no defeats. He has pitched a total of 12 innings for the Cubs this year, during which time he has struck out six. Colburn has an earned run average of 3.75. Of course, that is not indicative of anything, since he has not worked that much with the Cubs this year. Jim Colburn, another right-hander, in the pitch for the Cubs here in the fourth inning as the Expos lead by the score of 7 to nothing, We've got Expos on first and third, uh, Bailey on first, Staub on third, with one out and Coco Lavoie the batter. The first pitch to Coco is high for ball one. 
next balls with a run in the first, three more in the second, another in the third, and two here in the top half of the fourth inning. The 1-0 to Coco. Fly ball out into short center field. Gamble's coming in for it. Popovich is going out. Uh, Gamble pulls it down. Here's a throw to the runner. It gets away from the cutoff man, Ernie Banks. Staub holds at third. However, Bob Bailey went to second on the throw. Gamble threw it low to the cutoff man, Ernie Banks. Staub only faked a break for the plate. It was hit into short center field. And Gamble fired a bullet. It bounced right against Ernie Banks' shins, just to the left of the pitcher's mound. But uh, the only damage, as far as that was concerned, is to put another man in scoring position. Bob Bailey goes down to second on the throw. The boy is out, flying out to center fielder Oscar Gamble. And the batter will be Jose Herrera. Jose walked in the first and flied out to left field in the third. Here's Colburn's first pitch to Jose. It's down low for ball one. In case you've just joined us, it's true. Expos leading the Chicago Cubs 7 to nothing in the bottom half, the top half of the fourth inning. The next one, Jose, is hit on the ground down to Popovich at short. Go to first base. That's it for Herrera and for the Expos in the fourth. Rounds out short to first. But the Expos, in the top half of the fourth inning, picked up two runs on three hits, no Cub errors, and two men were left on base. The score after three and a half innings, Expos seven, the Cubs nothing. We'll take a look at what is going to happen now tonight in the National League. The St. Louis Cardinals will be playing the Mets at New York. The scheduled pitchers are Bob Gibson and Nolan Ryan. Gibson will be going for his 19th win of the year, and he's going to need this one to get a shot at 20, so uh, you can be sure that uh, that's going to be a, a fine ball game there. And Nolan Ryan, 6-3 uh, and three on the year, be going for the Mets. Philadelphia will be playing at Pittsburgh. Los Angeles has a doubleheader at Cincinnati starting at 5 this afternoon. Atlanta's at Houston. San Francisco plays at San Diego in a West Coast game later on tonight. Meanwhile, in the American League, we'll take a look at what's happening there. The White Sox are playing at Oakland, two games. Seattle's at California, single game. Minnesota at Kansas City for one. All the rest, single games. Washington at Detroit, Baltimore at Cleveland, and New York at Boston. Right now, while we have the opportunity... Let's take 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expos Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District. WHRL in Albany, New York. Well, Russ, we're making progress. The team's leading 7 to nothing, and I finally remember to do a station break. <laughs> Well, I'm sure everyone down, all the control room operators down the Expo Baseball Standing Network. ovation for us. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a standing <laughs> ovation. Here's Oscar Gamble, atop of the Chicago batting order in the bottom half of the fourth inning. Oscar walked in the first inning and was erased on a double play. Takes the first pitch high for ball one. 
And Oscar Gamble is the only Cub who has had the honor of reaching first base in this ballgame. Get on with the walk. Takes a call strike. One and one the count. He let off with a walk, and Becker hit into a double play, and Williams struck out in the first, and Stoney's been setting them down in order since. This one is low for ball two. Steve Renko will pitch for the Expos tomorrow. A high bouncer, a chopper to wine. He's going to have to hurry his throw. He does. It's in time for the out. That was a difficult play for Bobby White and Egg. Not difficult to catch the ball, but it was a, it bounced, I'm sure, a good 20 feet in the air, and Wine had to wait for it to come down. Gamble's got great speed, but Bobby just fired a bullet to Ron Fairley to retire Oscar Gamble. Glenn Beckard grounded into that double play in the first inning, 6-4-3. to four to three. Takes the first pitch, a fine breaking pitch from Bill Stoneman for a call strike. Here's Stallman's 0-1. It's fouled against the screen for strike two. 0-2. We can see some of the bleacher bombs in the left field bleachers with their yellow crash helmets, their construction hard hats on. Still up there trying to talk up a storm and make some noise, but they're not as plentiful as on earlier visits. Fine outside. To Glenn Beckert, one ball and two strikes. After Beckert, it'll be Billy Williams here in the bottom half of the fourth inning. Beckert fouls this one to the right side against the brick wall. Count stays at one and two. A brick wall encircles the ballpark, the playing field. The outfield, of course, the high wall. Shorter wall in front of the field boxes and behind home play. The 1-2 is swung on and missed for strike three. And Glenn Becker sort of turned around after going right around on the swing, looked at Stoneman, just to say, Bill, what have you got on that ball? Stoney, of course, the member of the Chicago Cubs last year. That strikeout for Stoneman is fourth of the afternoon. Here's Billy Williams. Billy struck out first time up. Takes a call strike. Oh, and won the count on Williams. Williams hitting 295 for the Cubs, so he's having a pretty good year. Although some of the players will tell you that he's getting tired. He's played every day. Here's the 0-1. It's going outside for ball one. Williams has 18 home runs, 89 runs batted in. The 1-1 is taken inside for ball two. Bob Bailey is deep in left field, not far from the warning track. Likewise, Staub and Jose Herrera in center field. The 2-1. Long one, deep in the right center field. It's going way back. It is out of the park for the home run. Billy Williams gets the first hit off Bill Stoneman. A long home run to deep right center field. 
some 400 feet away. And the Cubs are on the score sheet for Billy Williams, his 19th home run of the year. The first hit of Bill Stoneman. It's a 7-1 ball game. Here's Jim Hickman. Hickman flied out to Rusty Staub in right field in the second inning. Outfield deep also on Hickman. Jim has to hit the dirt on that high inside pitch from Stoneman. Her ball one. The crowd here at Wrigley Field booing Bill Stoneman. Figured that following the home run, he was aiming it right for Hickman's skull. Of course, we'll never know. One and all to count on Jim Hickman. Here's Stoney's next pitch. Fastball taken for a cold strike. One and one. Herrera has shifted over toward left center field. There's a big hole, big gap between Rusty Staub and right, and Jose Herrera in left center field. And this is where it's hit into right center field. It'll drop in there for a base hit. Staub feels the ball on one bounce. Rusty cutting over into deep right center field. Took that ball on one bounce, holding Jim Hickman to a single. Two straight hits for the Cubs with two outs. In the bottom half of the fourth inning. Hickman hit it right into that gap. But not far enough as Staub was playing deep. And Rusty made a fine run to take it on the first bounce. Ernie Banks struck out in the second. 7-1 for the Expos over the Cubs. In the bottom half of the fourth inning. Banks batting average, 250, has knocked in 101 runs, and Ernie has brought it 22 home runs. Here's Stoneman's first pitch to Banks, and swung on a miss for strike one. Stoney has added a couple of pitches to his repertoire, and this has made him a much more effective pitcher. Thanks to the help of Cal McClish. The 0-1 is taken inside. 1-1 one one the count. Thanks to the batter with Hickman at first. Sato in the on-deck circle, but there are two off. This next one is fouled out of play, way upstairs. Count of 1-2. and two. The Expos will be off on Thursday... And they'll meet the St. Louis Cardinals in a three-game series, the final games of the year, at Jerry Park this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Outside, Ernie Banks, two and two the count. Stallman's ready with the 2-2. Here it is. It's bounced foul to the third base side. Rolls into the Cub dugout. Count of two balls and two strikes on Ernie Banks. Well, Stallman didn't allow a hit until two were out here in the bottom half of the fourth inning, and Williams tagged him for a home run. 
They pitch to Banks. Swung on a miss. Strike three. Stallman. Sharks up. Strikeout number five. And that's it for the Cubs in the fourth. One run on the home run by Billy Williams. On two hits. No Expo errors. One man left on. After four innings, the score. Expo seven. The Cubs won. For the Expos, another game here tomorrow afternoon. And we'll be on the air at ten minutes past two with a pre-game show. And then Thursday is an off day. It's back to Jerry Park on Friday night, an 8.05 game with the Cardinals. Saturday afternoon we play the Redbirds in a game at 2.15. And we wrap up the season at Jerry Park on Sunday with a 1.35 single game. The club is off on Monday and Tuesday. We'll be in Pittsburgh October 1st and 2nd against the Pirates at Forbes Field to wrap up the season. So this weekend is your final opportunity to see the Expos in action at Jerry Park. Tickets for the St. Louis series are on sale at all Expos ticket offices. So come on out and be with us this last time around. It'll be the last time in six months now that you'll have a chance to see baseball at Jerry Park for the start of the 1970 season. So come on out and be with us this weekend as the Expos take on the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, Dave, not too many people realize that there won't be any baseball in Montreal for seven months after Sunday. Well, that'd be a good reason to come out and see the Expos and the Cardinals play, other than the fact that you'll see some fine baseball. Of course, we'll get an opportunity of following the National League playoff, and of course the World Series later on. Of course, the World Series will mean a lot more to Montreal area baseball fans now. They'll be familiar with a lot of the players in the National League. Here's the first pitch to Ron Fairley. It's taken for a call strike. By the way, uh, you know, if there's a tie, say in the Western Division, say the Giants and the Braves tie, there'll be a one-game playoff for the title. Ground ball by Fairley to Popovich at short. Throw to first, and Fairley's out. It'd be just that one game in a sudden-death playoff for the National League Western Division should uh, the season end in a tie. Just a correction here. We told you that was Williams' 19th home run, Billy Williams. It was his 20th. The uh, PR man here at Cubs confessed that he made an error in printing the stat sheet. John Bateman fouls the first pitch off from Jim Colburn. Colburn pitching for the Chicago Cubs, the third Cub pitcher this afternoon. This is low and away to Bateman. Count of one ball and one strike. John struck out both times up. Bowman pumps, delivers. Outside for ball two. Two and one. Bateman really has moved his batting average up to 215 to being around 185, 186. Starting to make good contact with the ball. But not so far this afternoon. The 2-1 line drive right at uh, the shortstop, Paul Popovich. Throw to first. Line drive took one bounce right in front of Popovich. And he threw Bateman out at first. Bobby Wine. Got on twice and scored twice. 
He walked in the second, moved to second on a sacrifice by Stallman and scored in a single by Sutherland. In the fourth inning, he had a single. He went to second on a single by Sutherland. Staub walked to load the bases, and Bob Bailey knocked in two runs with a single. Bailey's had three RBIs. First pitch, ball one to Bobby Wine. You know, Russ, if there's a two-club tie, there'll be a one-game sudden-death playoff. The site would be determined by a toss of the coin by the league president or by mutual agreement to keep travel at a minimum. If there's a three-way tie, I've just read uh, the commissioner's explanation of what happens, but I need a lawyer to tell me. <laughs> Strike call. The count is now run to two and one. Bobby took the first pitcher ball one, second one low and inside, and a call strike. Two and one on Bobby Wine. Call strike two, says Ken Burkhardt. <laughs> the two-two is low for ball three. We're just looking over what would happen if there was a three-way tie in any division of Major League Baseball. It would not only take us a half hour to explain, uh, to, to read the memorandum, it take us another half hour to explain it. Foul up under the screen. <laughs> you know, you find that a lot, actually, in, you know, football and, and hockey, whenever they get to the end of the season, baseball, too, especially in in Canada. Everyone trying to figure it out. Swung on and missed for strike three. Sides retired. Three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on. After four and a half innings, it's the Expo seven, the Cubs one. Just as an example, what would happen if we had a three-way tie? This is what you would have to go through to try to explain it. If the percentage of wins and losses differentiate between clubs one, two, and three, that is, club number one has a better percentage against two, and two has a better percentage against three, and three has a better percentage against one, then the overall percentage within the group will determine clubs number one, two, and three. But if clubs one, two, and three all have the identical percentage against one another, then their options shall be determined by lot. Also, if two of three clubs have identical percentages, then their option shall be determined by lot. And the club that has the highest win percentage against the other two clubs during the championship season shall have the option of selecting number one, two, or three designation. The club with the second highest win percentage shall have the remaining option. And the game shall be played in the following order. Club number one plays club number two on the home grounds of club one. If two wins the first game, then two plays three on the home grounds of two. And if one wins... It'll play number three on the home grounds of one. That's the explanation. So now that we've cleared that up, you know what will happen sure. if there's a three-way tie. It's as clear as mud. Boy, you need a Philadelphia <laughs> lawyer to figure that one out. I'm telling you that's something. Our congratulations to the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs for coming up with that solution to a three-way tie. Let's hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> Did you just smell the wood burning, Dave, as we try to put our thinking caps on? Concentrate on it. Boy, I'm telling you. For the Cubs, it'll be Ron Santo, Paul Popovich, and Randy Hundley. 
in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Expos leading by six runs. Sando hasn't had a hit. Long grounded out to Bobby Wine. Wine made a fine play, moving to his left very quickly to throw out Sando. Ron hitting 291, 120 runs batted in, and 29 home runs. Pretty fair season, I would say, for Mr. Sandoff. Here's the first pitch to Sandoff, a curveball taken for a call strike. Stallman's breaking pitch, working well this afternoon. Up those right-handed batters ducking. Sando hits the dirt and high inside pitch from Stoneman. Counts one and one. I guess just a friendly reminder from Stoney, that powerful Mr. Sando, not to dig in too much. Sando makes contact with Stoney's fastball, anybody's fastball. He can send us a long way. Here's the one-one. This one misses the outside corner for ball two. Two on the count on Ron Santo. Ted Abernathy warming up in the Cub bullpen. Here's the 2-1. It's fouled right up over the screen into the upper deck here at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Seen of many great games down through the years. Peanut Slowery was in the 1945 World Series Played here at Wrigley Field and was telling us about some of the plays. That great series. Here's the 2-2. It's low for ball three. Speaking of Bobby Wine, uh, Penis Lowry, did you hear Bobby's line that broke up the uh, dugout earlier today before the game started? Uh, Bobby was brought up to the major leagues and Penis was the third base coach at Philadelphia and Bobby said, Penis gave me my first big league sign ever. And it was wrong. <laughs> the 3-2. Strike three. Santa was going for a check to swing. Ken Burkhart said it was in there anyway. Fifth strikeout. A sixth strikeout, rather, for Bill Stoneman. Here's Paul Popovich. He lined out to Bobby Wine. That shortstop. Boy, you can really see the difference in Bobby Wine's play at short. I know we've been saying this over the past two or three weeks. But when you see every game, the Expos play, and we saw Bobby at the start after he took over the job from Maury Wills, he was having his problems. Call strike on Paul Popovich. Cremates column is making all the plays and even more at short. This sit on the ground, a shovel in the second. Gary sweeps it up. Over to first, and that's it for Paul Popovich. He's out, second to first. Randy Hundy grounded out to Bobby Wine in the third inning. Hundley. Hundley this year hitting 264. 18 home runs, 64 runs batted in. I think the best play I've seen Bobby Wine make was at Connie Mack Stadium in Philadelphia. A double play situation where he made a dive onto the outfield grass, lying flat in his stomach. Curveball strike to Randy Hundley, strike one. Flat on his stomach. Couldn't see Gary Sullivan at second base. 
flipped it behind him while still flat in his stomach. Sutherland got the force and almost completed the double play. This one's low and outside for ball one. Remember that play, Dave? I sure do. I'll never forget it. Bobby's made a couple of memorable plays this year, but I think that one will stand out in my mind more than any because it just showed that he could almost play the position blindfolded if someone told him where the ball was because he knows where second base is. I'll tell you that. One ball and one strike on Randy Hunley, right-hand batter. Stoneman delivers. Hunley swings and misses. For strike two. Stoney has given up only two hits. Back-to-back hits. Home run to Billy Williams in the fourth and a single to Jim Hickman. Big gap between Herrera and Staub. Herrera playing Hunley to pull. It's slow. The count is two and two. Make out who's that uh, warming up with Ted Abernathy in the bullpen. That's another Chicago Cup. <laughs> Strike three call. Beautiful answer, Dick. Three up, three down. Seven strikeout for Stoneman. Cubs down in order. No runs, no hits, no hairs. Nobody left on. After five innings, it's still the Expo 7. The Cubs won. I thought for a minute uh, Reagan might have gone down there, but uh, it's another one of the youngsters. Uh, I believe that it... Uh, let's see, Colbert's been in the ball game. Who's that other uh, youngster we saw them bring up? I can't remember... Uh, it is right now. We've had Becker. We've had Colburn. I thought maybe they'd have another one down there. I don't know. It might have been Don Nottabart. No youngster by any means. <laughs> but it might have been uh, the veteran Don Nottabart. Well, I guess a lot of the people are going to trace this Chicago Cubs collapse back to a number of points. But I guess maybe the precise moment when they were lifted from their lead and the decline and fall of the Cub power took place was when they were leading 5-4 with two out in the ninth inning against Pittsburgh on September 7th here at Wrigley Field when Willie Stargell hit a home run to tie the game. The Pirates went on to win, cut the Cubs' margin over the Mets to two and a half games, opened the door for New York, and the rest, of course, has been baseball history for 1969. The Chicago Cubs who throughout the year were leading the Eastern Division only to have the New York Mets overtake them and now lead by five games. Each club just six games remaining to be played after today's games. And the Mets play tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals at Shea Stadium. And here this afternoon, the Montreal Expos are leading the Chicago Cubs 7-1 to as we go to the sixth inning. Here's Bill Stoneman leading off for the Expos. Stoney sacrificed Bobby Wine in the scoring position, and Wine scored in the second inning. And then he was called out on strikes in the fourth. Bill Stoneman. Stoney out to help drive in another nail into the coffin of the Chicago Cubs, the club he was with last year. The pitch is high and inside for ball one. Jim Colburn is working for the Cubs on the mound. Third, third Chicago pitcher of the afternoon. Holtzman started. Lasted only three innings. Woo! Inside, and Stoneman really had to bite the dirt on that one. That was right under his chin. 
The two all is on the outside corner for strike one. So Coleman brushed Dolman back twice, sent him to the dirt, and then put the next one on the outside corner. This one's high for ball three. Three and one to count. Holtzman worked three innings, gave up five runs on four hits, struck out three and walked three. Decker worked a third of the inning, two runs on three hits, struck out two, walked one. Stallman's on with a walk. Leave that stick Selma down there. One thing is for certain, Selma isn't waving any towel to get the bleacher bums going. He's just waving that arm and warming up. There aren't too many bleacher bums to get going either. Uh, the left field bleachers have maybe 75 people in them. And uh, maybe 10 members of the bleacher bums that are wearing their familiar yellow hard hats. Here's Gary Sutherland. Gary is two for three. Fired out the center field, knocked in a run with a single in the second and single again in the fourth inning. Here's Coleman's pitch. Sutherland lays down a butt in front of home plate. The play will be to second base, and they've got Bill Stoneman. So Sutherland bounces into a fielder's choice. Hunley was on Sutherland's bunt very quickly. And threw the runner out. Two to six. On your scorecard. Here's Rusty. The Cubs haven't been able to get Rusty out this afternoon. He walked in the first, scored a run. Hit his 29th home run of the season in the second with one aboard and walked again in the fourth inning. Runner on first with one out. Pitch is low to Rusty for ball one. They pitched around Rusty. They get to Bob Bailey, and Bailey crossed them up twice. First inning with a triple, and in the fourth inning with a two-run single. The 1-0 on the outside corner for a called strike. One and one the count on Rusty Starr. Rusty, apart from aiming for 30 home runs and 80 RBIs, would like to lift his average up to 300. And he's almost there. He's hitting 296 starting today. High outside for ball two. Of course, that would be an improvement all around for Rusty. Improvement in his batting average, home runs, RBIs. It's high for ball three. Three and one. Job to be followed by Bob Bailey. Here's the 3-1. Single to right field by Stop. Sullivan makes the turn at second. We'll go on to third. Gary hits in a third standing up. Stop. Single right in between first and second in the right field. Rusty is two for two. And he's been on base every time up. Here's Bailey with runners on first and third. Double on the third. Stop at first and one out. 
And Mr. Bailey's been a tough customer for the Cubs this afternoon. That triple down the line in right field in the first. And a two-run single to right center field in the fourth. Colburn delivers. Bailey takes it for ball one. One and oh. Seven to one Expos. In the top half of the sixth inning here at Wrigley Field in Chicago. The pitch. Fastball taken for a cold strike. One ball and one strike. Bailey's batting average, 267. So that will move up a few points. With those two hits so far. The 1-1. Fouled out of play. Way up into the air. Into the stands. Behind the first baseline. Caught by a fan who is now shaking his hand. I guess that one stunk. This is the first day of fall, is it not, Dave? First official day of fall. It's a happy fall to everybody. Right. Uh, and you can start to feel it a little bit in the air. Here's the one-two. On the ground to Banks. Played a second for one. Back to first in time to get Bob Bailey. Fine double play. Started by Ernie Banks. Three to six to three. And that ends it for the Expos in the sixth. No run on one hit. No errors. One man left on. After five and a half innings, the score, Expos seven, Cubs one. Exciting news for all baseball fans. Starting October the 5th, WHRL Radio 103. The station that introduced you to the Montreal Expos will be bringing you the entire National League playoffs between the top team in the National League East and the top team in the National League West. That's right. Beginning October 5th, WHRL Radio 103 will give you all the excitement of the National League pennant race. Mark that date down, October the 5th, when you'll hear the National League playoffs exclusively on WHRL Radio 103. Your New York State Civil Defense Commission strongly urges that at least one member in every family have medical self-help training. In an emergency, this could be the difference between life and death. For information about free medical self-help courses in this area, visit or phone your local Civil Defense Headquarters. Right now, all along the network, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Expos Baseball Radio Network. This is the home of Expo Baseball in the Capital District, WHRL in Albany, New York. Don Kessinger will pinch it for Colburn, the pitcher. Kessinger. Don has been benched in these in these the closing days of the 1969 schedule. So 
he comes in here as a pinch hitter. The first pitch to Kessinger is bunted foul. Dom swings from either side of the plate. This time he's batting left-handed against the right-hander, Bill Stoneman. As the Cubs try to get something going, this ball game is moving on. Bottom half of the sixth inning. Kessinger takes the fastball outside for ball one. One and one. Here's the 1-1, taken for call, strike two. Kessinger was going for it. Check the swing. And Stoney's out in front of the pinch hitter. First man up for the Cubs in the bottom of the sixth. Here's the 1-2 to Kessinger. It's bounced on the ground, a wine at short. Bobby has it, throw to first, and Kessinger's out. Brings up the top of the order. Oscar Gamble, the rookie. Gamble walked in the first and grounded out short to first in the fourth inning. Bobby Wine has been in this ball game this afternoon. Bobby has made one put out and he's assisted on quite a few plays, including a double play in the first inning when Gamble got on with a walk. The first pitch to Gamble. Fly ball into left field. Bob Bailey coming in a few steps. He's under it. And he's got it. Two away. Brings up Beckert. Beckert's 0 for 2. He bounced into that double play in the first inning and struck out in the fourth. Bill Stoneman has struck out seven batters this afternoon. And getting Beckert in the fourth is quite a feat. You have heard Dave mention quite often this year. Beckert is not an easy out. And very seldom strikes out. This is fouled way upstairs into the upper deck. Strike one. It's outside one and one the count. The ten toughest to fan. Based on 400 times facing the pitcher, Glenn Becker, the toughest in 155 games, struck out only 20 times for a strikeout rate of 34.25. Two and one now to count. And the next toughest, Felix Mian of the Atlanta Braves. And then you guessed it, Matty Alou. Billy Williams of Chicago is ninth in the top ten. This is popped into the air foul. Fairly's coming over. In front of the Expos dugout, he's got it. That's it for the Cubs in the sixth inning. As Beckert fouls out to Ron Fairley. Three up, three down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left. The score after six innings is still the Expos seven, the Cubs one. This one's more quick reminder that tickets are on sale for the St. Louis series this weekend at Jerry Park. And again, it is the last chance you'll have an opportunity to see the Expos in action at Jerry Park for 1969. We finish up on the road in Pittsburgh. Fans, a long-playing stereo album entitled Baseball, The First 100 Years, 
has been released in commemoration of the 100th anniversary of professional baseball. The album, narrated by Jimmy Stewart and Kurt Gowdy, combines stories, sounds, memories, and action from 1869 through 1968. You'll hear the actual voices of the immortals of the game. You'll hear play-by-play of some of the great plays in baseball. Narrator Jimmy Stewart recalls how baseball always touched the emotions of Americans. The listener hears again the memorable awards, the songs, the jokes, and the farewells of the Diamond. It's a great album, and you can obtain your copy of the Centennial Album by writing to Montreal Expo's Baseball Centennial Album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. Send $3 in U.S. funds or $3.25 in Canadian funds. Check or money order, please. That's $3 U.S. funds or three and a quarter Canadian funds. Check or money order to Baseball Centennial Album, Box 500, Revere, Massachusetts. That album will be sent to you, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Here are the totals after six full innings of play. Expos, seven runs on eight hits and no errors. Cubs, one run on two hits and no errors. We go now to the top half of the seventh inning. The first man up for the Montreal Expos, Jose Laboy, with Coco moving into the batter's box, coming back to the microphone for the play-by-play, Dave Van Horn. Okay, Russ. Laboy, Herrera, and Fairley, the middle third of the Expos order. Between them, they've got one hit, and that was Ron Fairley's home run. Coco's looking. He's 0 for 3. Right-hand batter. Abernathy delivers, pitch is grounded to the left side, Popovich takes it up, throws the first, and Coco is out on one pitch. Ted Abernathy on the mound now. Throws from down under, right-hander. Colburn went two and two-thirds innings, did not give up any runs, gave up one hit. Struck out one. Uh, Did he strike out two? I've got one here. Wine in the fifth. I think that's it. And he walked one. Herrera taps one to the left side. It goes foul. Jose trying to get his wheels under him and go to first base. Just couldn't get going. A little sticky around the home plate area. And he slipped and fell. But it was foul for strike two. Ron Fairley is on deck. One out, nobody on. Expos leading seven to one here in the seventh. Ted Abernathy on the mound, the fourth Chicago pitcher. He delivers. Herrera swings and misses a high fastball. So a strikeout for Abby. Here's Ron Fairley. He's one for three. Ron hit a home run his 12th of the year to deep right field. Third inning. Stop hit a two-run homer in the second off the starter, Ken Holtzman. And in case you just joined us, the Expos have got seven runs on eight hits. The Cubs a run on two hits. Staub and Fairley have homered for the Expos. Williams for the Cubs to account for their run. Ron Fairley looks at a strike. 0-1. Bob 
Bob Bailey's driven in three runs, has gone two for four so far. Here's the pitch. Underhand change of pace, hit the outside corner. Strike two to Rod. Gary Sutherland drove in a run. Stop, of course, two. Who am I missing? Oh, Ron Fairley with his home run. There we are. Pitch is low and away. Ball one. One ball, two strikes to Ron. So that accounts for uh, the seven runs. Sutherland's RBI. Stobbs two. Bailey's three. And Fairley's RBI. Abernathy set for the one-two pitch to Ron Fairley with two down. Here it comes. It's swung on and grounded foul. First base side all the way down to the Expos bullpen. And bounced up against the wall and out onto the playing field, so we have a timeout called here. The Expos scored quickly, getting a run in the first, three more in the second, scored a run in the third, and two in the fourth. Getting seven runs against the first two Chicago pitchers, Ken Holtzman, who went three innings, and Joe Decker, who went a third of an inning. One ball, two strikes to Ron Fairley. Abernathy's getting set to go again. Here's the windup in the pitch. Swung on, tapped foul, right side. Still one and two. The Mets magic number is three. Any combination of Chicago wins and, uh, rather, New York wins and Chicago losses totaling three, going to clinch it for the Mets. Magic number for at least a tie for New York, of course, is two. Which means a Cub loss here today and a Mets victory tonight will at least tie them for the division title. And it will reduce their magic number to one. Here's the one-two to Fairley. High and inside. Brushed him back. Two balls, two strikes. So that's a big one at Shea Stadium tonight. Bob Gibson and the St. Louis Cardinals against the New York Mets and Nolan Ryan. Here's the windup. And a 2-2 to Fairley. Cut on. Popped up in the infield. Going out on the grass. Right side. Beckert back there. He's got it. Three up, three down. Nothing across for the Expos. End of six and a half. The score. Montreal 7. Chicago 1. The Expos and the Cubs uh, will meet for the final time this year. Tomorrow afternoon here at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Then uh, the Expos will have Thursday off. We'll head home Thursday. We'll head home actually tomorrow night, uh, following tomorrow afternoon's ball game. We'll arrive in Montreal at 9:35, and then they'll have the day off on Thursday. They'll be in action Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the St. Louis Cardinals. Friday's game will start at 8:05. The Saturday afternoon will have a 2:15 start, and Sunday afternoon, the final game of the year in Montreal will get underway at 1.35. Expos will then have a couple of days off and will finish their season in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Pirates October the 1st and October the 2nd. Hard to believe that the 1969 National League season is so quickly drawing to a close. But this coming weekend, the final weekend of see baseball, and then it'll be a seven-month wait. Cubs coming to bat. In the bottom half of the seventh inning, Expos leading the ball game 7-1. For Chicago, Billy Williams, Jim Hickman, and Ernie Banks. Williams and Hickman, the only Cubs to get hits off Bill Stoneman this afternoon. Williams a home run in the fourth. 
followed by Hickman's single. Historic Wrigley Field in Chicago, where back behind us to the west, the sun is trying to break through. The ball game here today got underway 23 minutes late because of rain all morning here in the Windy City. But once underway, the Expos pounded starter Ken Holtzman and their first reliever Joe Decker and have a 7-1 lead here, bottom of the seventh. And for the Cubs, Billy Williams, Jim Hickman, Ernie Banks. Bill Stolman fires to Williams, missed the outside corner, ball one. The Expos right-hander, Bill Stolman, did not give up a hit through three and two-thirds innings, and Williams broke that up with a home run to deep right field. Here's the pitch. Down low to Williams, ball two, two and nothing. Tickman followed it with a base hit to right center. The only two hits Stoney's given up. Williams one for two, struck out first time up, then the home run. Stoney deals a fastball across the plate. Two and one. We haven't seen DeRocher all day. Leo has hidden himself in the corner of the dugout. Here's a crack bat and a high fly ball to left. Bob Bailey coming in under it. Robert takes care of that. One away. Billy Williams flies out to Robert Sherwood Bailey. The batter will be Jim Hickman. He's one for two. But, uh, I don't know, Leo's down there somewhere. Hickman right-hand batter. Stoney into a slow wind-up. Now the pitch cut the fastball by as Hickman went around. 0-1. Bill Stoneman has the sign from John Bateman. Here's Stoney's windup. Kicks and deals. Strike two. Out in front quickly on Hickman. 0 and 2. We got 3,047 paid customers here at Wrigley Field today. 3,047. Well, things have tailed off. Here's the 0 2 pitch. It's high. Ball one. One ball, two strikes. Business has dropped in Wrigley Field since the Cubs dropped in the standings. That's their smallest crowd of the year. 3047 paid here at Wrigley Field today. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Hickman lets it go low. Ball to 2-2. Two two. The Cubs set a new Chicago attendance record here, beating the old White Sox record of 1,644,000. The Cubs have drawn over 1,650,000 fans. That's a new Windy City record. Here's the pitch. Low and away. Ball three. A full count to Jim Hickman with one out and nobody on. Ernie Banks is on deck. Stoney deals. A swing and a miss. And that's all for Jim Hickman. Bill Stoneman. Logging another strikeout. He now has eight. The batter, Ernie Banks, who has fanned twice. Stoney kicking some mud out of his cleats on the rubber at the mound right now. 
Bang's right-hand batter. Takes a strike. 0-1. Oh Bill Stoneman's strikeout high of the year is 12 against the Phillies on September 12th, Connie Mack Stadium. Banks lets one go outside. One ball, one strike. Here's the pitch. And a fastball is taken. Missed the outside corner. Two and one. The 2-1 is cut on. A one-hopper to LaVoy. Backing up, he has it. Long throw in time. And the side is down. One, two, three. Nothing across. Nice play by Coco to end the seventh. The score at the end of seven here in Chicago. The Montreal Expos seven. The Chicago Cubs one. Well, first baseman Ron Fairley of the Montreal Expos is not very far from his own personal record. It's a career high for home runs one season. Twice in his career with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Ron Fairley has hit as many as 14 home runs. He did that in 1962, and he did it again in 1966. His home run this afternoon, of course, is up to his total for the year, uh, an abbreviated year for Ron Fairley to 12 home runs. So if Ron can hit two in the remaining games, he'll equal his career high. And, of course, if he can hit three, he'll break it. Fairley's uh, greatest year, of course, was 19 in baseball. It was 1965 in the World Series for the Dodgers. He had 11 hits and 29 at-bats for a batting average of 379. That's the World Series. Ron Fairley will never forget. A great performance at the plate for the ex-Dodgers. The fellow they called Mr. Clutch with the Montreal Expos. We move to the top half of the eighth inning. Expos still in front by six runs. They lead the Chicago Cubs seven to one. And for the Expos, in the top half of the eighth inning, the bottom third of the order. John Bateman, Bobby Wine, and Bill Stoneman. John is 0 for 3, struck out twice and grounded out. Against Ted Abernathy, he swings on the first pitch, bounces it to Santo at third. Ron makes the throw across to Banks, and John is out of there. One away. It'll bring Bobby Wine to the plate. Bobby is 1 for 2 with a walk, and he scored two runs. He drew a walk in the second inning and scored from second on Gary Sutherland's base hit. Bobby beat out an infield hit in the fourth, struck out in the fifth. Abernathy delivers. Wine looks at a strike. 0 and 1. And on deck, the pitcher, Bill Stolman. The pitch. Way outside. Again, a wild one. Uncorked by Abernathy. Back to the screen. One ball, one strike. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Bobby swings and misses a breaking ball. One ball, two strikes. I might explain for the benefit of uh, some of our young listeners that are scoring baseball for the first time. If uh, during a situation like this we refer to uh, a pitch as a wild pitch, it 
technically is not a, a wild pitch, even though it goes over everybody's head and back of the screen. You call it a wild pitch. But the only time a pitcher is charged with a wild pitch, and it goes on the statistics as such, is when it allows a runner to advance or a batter to reach first. Here's a foul off to the right side. Two balls, two strikes. When there's nobody on and the batter is still at the plate, of course, it's just a ball. If he throws it up in the second deck, it's just a ball. Here's the 2-2. Down low, ball three. Three balls, two strikes. But it is scored on a score sheet and in pitching statistics as a wild pitch. When it moves a runner, or as we said, allows a batter to become a runner, Here's a 3-2, and a strike called on Bobby Y. And he's had a couple of words with the plate umpire, Ken Burkhart. Bobby's called out on strikes. Second strikeout for Abernathy, who has faced five men and retired five men. Here is Bill Stoneman, who is enjoying his finest hour ever at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Stoney, as a batter, is 0 for 1 on a strikeout, trying to bunt in the fourth. He sacrificed in the second and moved a runner into scoring position. That runner did score. And he drew a walk in the sixth. First pitch to Stoney. Taken inside. Ball one. The Expos leading 7-1 to one here in the eighth. Abernathy deals. Strike call. Letter high on the outside corner. One ball, one strike. The pitch, swing and a miss, strike two, one and two. The Expos shooting for their fourth win of the year here at Wrigley Field and their eighth of the year against the Chicago Cubs. The pitch, Stoney checked the swing, low and away, ball two, two and two. And also for their 52nd victory of the season. Two outs, nobody on. The 2-2 two -two to Stolman. Strike three called. He knew it. Third strikeout for Abernathy, and for the second inning in a row, he puts the side down 1-2-3 with nothing across. The score at the end of 7.5 at Wrigley Field. The Expos 7, the Cubs 1. We'd like to remind those Expo baseball fans who have been lucky enough to uh, catch uh, foul balls during the past few weeks of the National League season at Jerry Park in Montreal that uh, they better be on hand Sunday afternoon. That'll be Fan Appreciation Day. And several prizes will be up for grabs. Their names have already gone into the barrel. And uh, they stand in line to win, A, a snowmobile, B, a 19-inch TV, and C, five portable radios. So make sure you're on hand at Jerry Park in Montreal, Fan Appreciation Day. And certainly that should be a day, I know, when the Montreal Expos, I'm talking from President John McHale right down to the Bat Boy, certainly Manager Gene Mock and all the players, well, Larry, they'll show their appreciation to the Montreal fans for the tremendous support, as Montreal would have drawn by Sunday afternoon, of all goes well, at least 1,200,000 fans. Be on hand at Jerry Park this weekend, the final weekend of baseball as the Expos take on the St. Louis Cardinals. Sunday afternoon, the final game starts at 1.35. Let's hope 
we go over the 1,200,000 mark. Fan Appreciation Day at Park Jolly in Montreal. Here at Park Wrigley in Chicago, it's 7-1 to for the Expos over the Cubs as the Cubs are breathing their last gasps in the divisional race against the Mets. First man up for Chicago, Ron Santo. It'll be Santo, Popovich, and Hundley for Chicago in the eighth. Laid-off batter Ron Sato, four years. I don't know what happened out in the left field bleachers, but two of Chicago's finest are escorting the bleacher bums, about seven or eight of them, from the ballpark. I don't know what that's all about. Sato takes the first pitch outside, ball one. Sato, Popovich, and Hundley here in the bottom of the eighth for the Cubs, who trail... 7-1. Swing and a pop-up to the right side. He'll go into the box seats. No play. Just a foul. 1-1. Cubs last year finished in third. 13 games behind the St. Louis Cardinals. And four behind the San Francisco Giants. Came into this ceiling, uh, this season feeling very optimistic, rightly so. Led the league throughout the year up until the last two and a half weeks and saw a divisional championship, possible pennant, and a World Series shot crumble right in their hands. Next pitch is low to Sato. Ball two, two and one. The pitch. Cut on, line drive, right center, it's in for a base hit. Up with the ball, Herrera, that'll hold Sato to one. Only the third hit Stoney has given up in the first for the Cubs since the fourth. So the batter will be Paul Popovich, who is 0 for 2. He lined out to the shortstop Bobby Wine and grounded out to Gary Sutherland. Popovich is a left-hand hitter. The infield's a double play depth. Stoneman at the belt. Here's the pitch. Stake it in a called strike. the count. At the belt, the pitch. Tapped foul at the plate. 0-2, he's in front of Popovich. Stoney's only had that runner on now and three different occasions in this ball game. The 0-2 pitch. Cut on. A one-hopper. Sutherland knocks it down, but he can't make a play, and everybody's safe. A hard one-hopper to Gary Sutherland. He knocked that ball down. Popovich is going to get credit for a hit. Sato 
moves to second, and now with two uh, on, there's nobody out. The batter will be Randy Hundley, who's 0 for 2. Grounded out and was called out on strikes. Ball was hit sharply to the right side. Sutherland tried to backhand it. It popped out of his glove. And an infield hit for Paul Popovich, moving Sato down to second. Four hits for the Cubs. Two of them in the fourth, two here in the eighth. The pitch to Hundley, taken for a strike, 0-1. We're going to get, for the first time today, activity in the Expos bullpen. The Expos leading 7-1 here in the bottom of the eighth. Cubs trying to get something going. and delivers and the pitch is low and away ball one one ball one strike Dan McGinn is warming up left-hander here's the pitch and strike two called one ball and two strikes Randy Hundley. Bill had two strikes on Paul Popovich. Popovich hit that hard shot to the right side. Nobody out. Willie Smith, pinch hitter, on deck. Stoney at the belt, and the one-two pitch. Hundley swings and misses strike three. That's all for Randy Hundley. Strikeout number nine for Bill Stolman. There's one away. It's a big out. And now the batter will be the bench hitter, Willie Smith. He's batting 243. He's the third pinch hitter DeRocher's used today. The others, Hall and Kessinger, are 0 for 2. A Cub pitcher has not been to the plate to bat. Nobody's lasted long enough to get to come to the plate. When they have, they've been taken out for a pinch hitter. Here's the pitch. Smith looks at a strike. Left-hand batter, 0 and 1. The only Chicago run came on Billy Williams' home run in the fourth. The Expos up by six, seven to one here. Stoney trying to get out of a jam. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Smith takes it down low. Ball one. One ball, one strike. Smith can hurt you. He's got uh, only 46 hits this year, but eight of them are doubles, one triple, nine home runs, and 23 RBIs for his 46 hits. So every other time he gets a hit, he drives in a run. At the belt, Stoney with a 1-1. Cut on, and this is a base hit out into right field. Cobb is up with the ball quickly. One run is going to score. And going to third base is Popovich. Santo is home, and it's a 7-2 ball game on the pinch hit single by Willie Smith. Third hit of the inning. And the fifth hit for the Cubs, and that makes it 7-2. to two. The Expos leading, and manager Gene Mock is going out to the mound. 
Smith held at first. Popovich went around to third base. So let's see what Gene's going to do here. He's called the infield in, at least the right side. Ron Fairley is over there along with Gary Sutherland. Gene's talking with John Bateman, the pitcher, Bill Stoneman, Ron, and Gary. And the conversation is now broken up. Gene goes back to the dugout. He's got Howie Reed and Dan McGinn throwing. Now stepping in is Oscar Gamble, who's 0 for 2 with a walk. A left-hand batter. Runners at first and third with one out. Again, the infield at double play depth. Gamble walked in the first inning, grounded out and flied out. Stoneman at the belt is set. Here's the pitch. It's cut on. at the base hit the right field. Another run will score. Staub up with the ball and racing for third is Willie Smith. He'll make it. Gamble drives in a run. And the Cubs trying to stage a comeback at 7-3, the Expos leading. As Popovich scores on Gamble's base hit. We'll take 10 seconds for station identification on the Expos Baseball Radio Network. That base hit by Oscar Gamble extended his hitting streak to seven games now. So Gamble is at first. Willie Smith at third, and the batter will be Glenn Beckert. The Cubs have gotten two runs in on four hits here in the eighth, and only one out, and a rally going. It's now 7-3 ball game, Expos leading. Manager Team Mock has made one trip to the mound. Stoneman delivers, breaking ball for a strike to Beckert. Beckert hit into a double play, struck out, and fouled out. On deck, Billy Williams. All of the hits have been to the right side. Here's the pitch. Foul back into the screen. 0-2 to Glenn Beckert. Sato let it off with a base hit to right. Popovich with an infield hit off Sutherland's glove. After Hundley struck out, Willie Smith got pinch hit single, drove in a run, and then Oscar Gamble got a base hit drive in a run. Beckert has stepped out. Stoney taking a lot of time now. Out in front, 0-2. Does not want to make a mistake with Glenn Beckert. Stoneman set. Here's the 0-2 pitch. It's cut on and a one-hopper to Wine. He flips to Sutherland. The throw to first double play. What a stop by Bobby Wine. Oh, he went to his left and made a great play on a hard-hit ball by Glenn Beckert, who hits into the double play to end the inning. Six to four to three. Bobby Wine with another super play here today. The Cubs are through in the eighth. Two runs, four hits, no errors. There was one man left. The score, we go to the ninth at Wrigley Field. The Expos seven, the Cubs three. What a fantastic play by Bobby Wine and what looked like a sure hit by Glenn Beckert. A line drive took one bounce to the left of Bobby Wine. He made a dive for it. Off balance, put to the Gary Sutherland. Suds made the relay to first play, first base to complete the double play. It couldn't come at a better time. Another great play by Bobby Wine. 
Our pregame guest, of course, a fellow we have been mentioning all through the broadcast this afternoon, as really improving his defensive play. He certainly looks like the Bobby Wine of all. He got Bill Stoneman and the Montreal Expos out of a tough spot with that fine uh, start of the double play, fine play in that ground ball hit by Glenn Becker to his left. He went to his left earlier in the ball game to rob uh, Ron Santo of a base hit and came up with a big play off Glenn Becker. Bobby Wine, a defensive standout with the Montreal Expos, who'll carry a lead of four runs into the ninth inning. Well, everyone's still buzzing over Bobby Wine's fine defensive play on that ground ball hit by Glenn Becker in the bottom half of the eighth inning, moving very quickly to his left. So the Expos lead by a score of 7-3 to three as we move into the top of the ninth and the top of the batting order, Gary Sutherland stepping into the batter's box. Top of the order, Sutherland, Staub, Bailey. 7-3, Expos lead. Suds fouls one upstairs to the right. Strike one. Gary's two for four. Selma fires high, ball one. One ball, one strike. Abernathy went two innings, struck out three, and that's the extent of his totals. Didn't walk anybody, gave up no hits, no runs. Base six men, retired six men. Selma with a fastball, it gets fouled off to the right side. He's the fifth Chicago pitcher. In addition to his two hits, scored two runs. Here's a foul bounced off the right side of the plate. One ball and two strikes. Well, let's look ahead to the bottom of the night. Again, Bill Stoneman will face Billy Williams, Jim Hickman, and Ernie Banks. Here's the pitch. It's outside. Ball two. Two balls, two strikes. I say again, he just faced those three in the seventh. But then the Cubs sent six men to the plate in the eighth to score a couple of runs. The pitch. Gary swings a hard shot to the right side on one hop. Beckert has it. Throws to Banks. And Gary's retired four to three. It'll bring Rusty Staub to the plate. Rusty is two for two with a couple of walks. Hit a two-run homer in the second. His 29th of the year. Got a base hit in the sixth. So he's had a perfect day against the Cubs pitchers. Strike called on Rusty, 0-1. Stop, fouls one on a line down to the right. Over top of the Expos bullpen. Selma has the sign. The lineup in the 0-2 to stop. Way inside. Ball one. That defeat we talked about on September 7th when the Cubs lost an extra inning game to the Pirates really started their downfall. During the 16 games since then, and now make it 17 games. 
They've won only five and lost 12. Here's a pop up to the right side. Beckard goes back. He's got it. Stop is out. Two down, and the batter will be Bob Bailey, who's two for four with three RBIs. Triple and a single to drive in runs. During that streak, the Cubs have made 21 errors in 17 games. Although they had a far lower ratio prior to that. First pitch to Bob is a fastball for a strike, 0-1. Their team batting average dropped from 257 to 255, but the runs produced dropped from a little over four runs a game to just about three runs a game. And they were giving up almost five runs a game rather than the average of about three and a half runs a game that they'd held when they were winning. Another strike called on Bob Bailey. 0-2 the count. Selma deals low and outside for a ball. One ball, two strikes. Pitching, hitting, and defense all fell off at once. And uh, you really can't blame it on any one individual. It wasn't uh, any one person who was at fault. Just everything came apart. It was a collective disaster. Pitches low and outside. Ball two. Two and two to Bob Bailey. August 20th, they led the New York Mets by eight and a half games. Here's the pitch. Strike called. Bob is out of there. Called out on strike. A strikeout for Soma. And the side is down. One, two, three in the ninth. Nothing across. The Expos don't have a hit after the sixth when Staub singled. At the end of eight and one half innings of play at Wrigley Field in Chicago, the Montreal Expos seven, the Chicago Cubs three. Fans, time is running out on those fans who would like to order copies of the Expos yearbook. Now, we've been talking about the yearbook throughout the baseball season on the Expo Baseball Network. Volume one of the yearbook consists of four issues. The first one had an action shot of Larry Jaster on the cover. The second shows Rusty Staub taking a big swing. The third has Mac Jones on the cover. The latest issue has the Expos crest and also superimposed on it, the Montreal Expos infield with manager Gene Ma. This latest issue contains the basic information found in the earlier editions, plus up-to-date info on most of the latecomers to the team. The centerfold is still the same, a beautiful color portrait of the original Expo team taken at the West Palm Beach Spring Training Camp. This centerfold, of course, is ideal for framing. If you would like a copy of the Expo yearbook, send a dollar twenty-five. To yearbook, Jerry Park, Montreal. You know, I think one of the pictures here at the stadium today that is a rather sad one is one of a young man, young fellow, maybe 12, 13 years old, sitting in box seats down here to our left. Long red hair. He's got a Cubs cap on, and he's holding a sign up that says, Cubs, you're still number one. He's sitting down there in a section all by himself, and uh, you know the disappointment he has to feel, but letting his ball club know that in his heart they're still number one. We've got a 
defensive change here for the Expos as we go to the bottom of the ninth. Bob Bailey's out. Ty Klein has taken over in left field. Herrera remains in center. Staub is in right. The batter, Billy Williams, he's one for three. Hit a home run in the fourth. Stoney trying to go all the way here. Has a 7-3 lead. Swing and a miss by Williams. Strike one. He's three outs away from beating the Cubs and Leo DeRocher and what would have to rank as Bill Stoneman's not only his finest hour at Wrigley Field, but it will be one of the big thrills of Stoney's career. Pitch is low and outside. Ball one. One ball, one strike. Of course, it's no secret that he and DeRocher had their problems. Here's the 1-1. Cut on and bounced behind first base foul. One ball, two strikes. Tony was used as a reliever here in Chicago. DeRocher said, don't throw that curveball. Get in there and throw the fastball. Of course, the curve was one of Sony's big weapons. He never got to use it. DeRocher wouldn't let him throw it. And in a way, you can see DeRocher's thoughts. you got a reliever coming in. He doesn't want to take a chance on a reliever hanging a curveball on a batter. He wants that good hard stuff in there. That one problem led to another. There was a little bit of dissatisfaction there on both parts, I guess. And Sony was... Put on the block and picked up in the draft. Pitches inside. Ball two to Williams. Two balls, two strikes. And I don't mean to make it sound like uh, the choice of pitches were the reason. <laughs> a lot more than that. Here's a two-two. Swing and a pop-up to the right side. Foul territory. Fairly racing over near the box seat. Bateman is there. Bateman's got it over Fairley's head. They almost collided. Matter of fact, and they, they did. Yes, and Ron might have been hurt, and I don't know whether he got uh, his hand banged by John or what. He was holding his hand for a minute, and it's hard to tell, but it shook Ron fairly up for just a moment. Ron is okay. But John Bateman hung on. Williams is out. Fouled out to John Bateman. One down on the batter, Jim Hickman. He's one for three. Then we'll have Ernie Banks. Hickman got a hit in the fourth, struck out in the seventh. Stoney gave up only two hits. Bill Stoneman, eyes set on his eighth complete game. He leads the staff in that department and his 11th win of the year. He's been winning this exposed pitcher. And his first over the Chicago Cubs. And a great one here on an overcast day in Chicago. Here's the pitch to Banks. Ernie takes a strike, 0-1. Banks has struck out twice, grounded out once. The Expos all but have put the ribbons on this package. It is their 52nd victory of the year. The pitch. Banks swings. Fly ball to deep left. Flying on the track. Now he's coming in. He has room. He makes the catch. And the ball game is over. And Bill Stoneman goes all the way to win it as the Expos... Defeat the Cubs here at Wrigley Field in Chicago today. And the Mets tonight can clinch a tie for the Eastern Division title if they beat the Cardinals. Nothing across for the Cubs in the night. The Expos win it 7-3. to I'll have the totals in a minute. Exciting news for all baseball fans. Starting October the 5th, WHRL Radio 103. The station that introduced you to the Montreal Expos will be bringing you the entire National League playoffs between the top team in the National League East and the top team in the National League West. That's right. 
Beginning October 5th, WHRL Radio 103 will give you all the excitement of the National League pennant race. Mark that date down, October the 5th, when you'll hear the National League playoffs exclusively on WHRL Radio 103. Amateur radio operators, your skill can save lives. After an enemy attack, you may be called upon to help establish civil defense emergency communications. If you hold an amateur radio operator's license, your services are urgently needed. Phone your local civil defense director and volunteer today. The Expos have beaten the Cubs, and in so doing, they have reduced the New York Mets' magic number to two. With further details, here's Dave. Okay, the line score on the game for the Expos, seven runs, seven hits, no errors, five were left on base. For the Cubs, three runs, six hits, no errors, and two were left on base. Seven to three, the Expos over the Cubs. Home runs today, Rusty Staub, a two-run homer in the second, is 29th of the year. Ron Fairley hit his 12th of the year, a solo shot in the third. Gary Sutherland had two hits, Rusty Staub had two hits today, Bob Bailey had two hits. All big men in the lineup. Defensively, the standout today was Bobby Wine. Bob Bailey was a big RBI man with three. Stop drove in two. Sutherland won, fairly won. The Expos are now four and four here at Wrigley Field. With the Chicago Cubs for the year, they are eight and nine. I'll have more on the wrap-up of today's game in just one minute. Fans, tickets for the final series between the Expos and the St. Louis Cardinals are now on sale at all the TRS centers in Canada and the United States. Now, for those in the Montreal area, Peel and St. Catherine in the Dominion Square building, the Expos have a, have a ticket office, a TRS center. There is also one located in Place Victoria, the Stock Exchange Tower, and in Place Ville-Marie in Montreal. Also, at the Simpson stores downtown on the Lakeshore and in Ville d'Anjou and at Mother and many other convenient locations in the Montreal area. For fans in the Plattsburgh area, they know that they can purchase their tickets from the, uh, the bus terminal on Cornelia Street and the Vermont Transit Lines in Burlington, Vermont have tickets of a TRS outlet for fans in that area. For people in Sherbrooke, well, the Miracle March store in South Belvedere is the best spot to buy your Expo baseball tickets. The winning pitcher, Bill Stolman, has won 12 and, uh, rather, has won 11 and lost 18. And he's 1-2 and two against the Cubs. His first victory over Chicago here today, 7-3, went all the way to get that big win. The losing pitcher, Ken Holtzman, second time we've beaten Holtzman this year. He's now 17-12, and 12, and uh, Holtzman has not defeated the Expos and will not in 1969. We have one game remaining, and that's tomorrow. So on these totals now, I want to double-check here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is it eight uh, hits for the Expos? Okay, I gave you seven. But it's eight, so make it uh, seven runs on eight hits, no errors. Cubs, three runs, six hits, and no errors. Stolman the winner, and Holtzman the loser. One to go, and that's tomorrow. More on this game and what it means in the National League's Eastern Division with Russ Taylor 
on the baseball scoreboard, beginning in just two minutes on the Expos Baseball Radio Network. 